You don't have any Stephen King. You've got the shiny. You mean shiny. Shh. Wanna get sued? It's just your fate. You're that geeky Stephen King kid. There's one of you in every school. Okay, that's him, that's him, that's Cujo, that's Cujo. Right. I was thinking along the lines of no TV and no beer make Homer something, something. Oh, crazy. Don't mind if I do. Hello and welcome to Tower Junkies, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. Tower Junkies is a podcast celebrating the work of Stephen King, hosted by two lifelong constant readers. We do non-spoiler reviews and non-wait, non-spoiler and spoiler reviews of King's published work and take a critical look at his film and television adaptations as well. Um, we also discuss the latest King news and check in with each other on our ongoing King obsessions. It's a podcast where all things serve the King, and I just remembered I did not do any prep work for Stephen King news. <laughs> Oh, all. Shit, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find more of our work at Tower Junkies, uh, TowerJunkiesPod.com. You can also like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash TowerJunkiesPod and follow us on Twitter and every other level of social media, meaning Twitter and Instagram, um, at TowerJunkiesPod. And if you'd like to support what we do here, you can become a patron at Patreon.com slash ObsessiveViewer for a ridiculous amount of bonus content spread across all of ObsessiveViewer.com's various podcasts. Right now I'm doing episode reviews of Foundation on Apple TV Plus, and then I'm going to do Invasion episode reviews on Apple TV Plus. Uh, You also have um, that's at the $2 level. And then at the $5 level, I have what I'm calling Patreon Potpourri, where I'm kind of doing a cram session of all the 2021 movies that I need to watch by the end of the year for my critics group that I'm in. Uh, so I'm kind of doing just basically, uh, solo reviews of each movie that I watch. I've got five of those episodes up. Each episode has about four movie reviews per episode. Um, so there's a lot of content there. Again, you can find that at, uh, uh, patreon.com slash obsessive viewer in all the money that we make on patreon goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and to feed the podcast mascot pizza roll (laughs) um yeah so i'm one of your hosts matt hurt and joining me today as usual is tiny tiny how is it going hey guys it's going good 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 yeah it has been quite a while since we recorded a tower junkies for real like the longest hiatus i think i've ever had just since we started podcasting yeah i mean that's something it's been like what six weeks like six five six weeks five six weeks yeah Yeah. oh geez right yeah sorry no that's okay um yeah life life uh uh, gets Uh, in the way yes it does (laughs) life uh i don't know dead is better i don't know uh bring it back to Stephen king um yeah but uh yeah well it's good to be here and it's good to talk to you and to uh record a podcast with you tiny absolutely yes so today on tower junkies though we are going to be continuing our uh, series of episodes covering all or most things creep show uh, this is the third installment of what I think will eventually be six or seven episodes, um, but I think we're going to save the um, Shutter series for sometime next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is going to be the last episode of 2021 that we do on the Creep Show series. Um, but in this third installment, we're covering 1990s Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, <laughs> which <laughs> is not Creep Show, um, but it's directed by John Harrison and written by Michael McDowell. Uh, and George A. Romero with uh, stories based on, well, stories based on um, stories adapted from Sir Arthur Co- Arthur Conan Doyle and Stephen King. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so obviously this movie is based on the anthology series Tales from the Dark Side and isn't technically related to Creepshow. However, I found a uh, Screen Rant article that kind of uh, breaks down everything as it relates to Creepshow and Tales from the Dark Side. I'll link it in the show notes. But basically, um, in 2006, Creepshow 3 was released. It was a movie that was directed or was created and produced um, uh, a couple years before 20, 2006, and then it was just dumped on video on demand, uh, had no affiliation or connection to Stephen King or George A. Romero, and was apparently a pile of hot garbage. <laughs> so apparently the horror community and King himself consider Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, to be the real Creepshow 3, which is why we are covering it in this episode and in this review series. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um... Tiny, do you have any Stephen King check-ins or news? I don't. Oh, I really? Don't have any. Um, Five or six weeks and no I check-ins. Know. I Interesting. Know. I'm terrible. I'm reading a book right now. Okay. But not Stephen King. Oh, what book um, are you reading? You recommended it to me oh. <gasps> a few years ago. <gasps> is um, it what I think it is? Probably not. Probably not. Um, It is... Everything is horrible and wonderful. Oh man, Stephanie Whittle's wax. Oh yes, wax, wax, yes, wax. Um, yeah, you recommended that to me like a couple of years ago. Yes. And oh I, my god, I bought it and it's just been sitting in my mm-hmm. my list for a couple of years, probably at this point. And wow, um, I just kind of threw it on the other day, and I am really loving it so far. So. Nice. Oh my god. Yeah, that is a heartbreaking book. It is. Um, yeah. were you familiar with Harris Whittles at all? No, no, okay. not really. I mean, obviously, I watched Parks and Recreation. Yeah, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, so for those listening, uh, Everything is Horrible and Wonderful mm-hmm. um, is a memoir from uh, Stephanie Whittles Wax, who is the sister of Harris Whittles, who was a writer and producer on Parks and Recreation. He made several appearances on Comedy Bang Bang, um, the podcast, and he, he, was, he was a very funny guy. Um, he died of a heroin overdose, though, in 2016, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, something like that. Something like that. And so this book is her talking about that experience of of him his addiction his his um attempts at recovery and his death and everything and she went on to um create a podcast i think hmm. um that's all about um <clears throat> that's all about you know recovery and um yeah. I didn't know she'd done that. That's great. Yeah. Oh, she, yeah. She's really talented. Um, oh, yeah. She read it. She, she did the uh, audiobook herself, yeah. too, which is nuts. Oh, absolutely. Something so personal, she could actually get through it. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you for trying to vamp, but I couldn't find it. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, gl- I'm saying I'm glad she's doing that because she i get a yeah. very i get a very sarah koenig vibe from her oh yeah totally like, very talented yeah. um just a good speaker mm-hmm. yeah well well spoken i guess i don't know yeah um okay so it is lemonada media i think is what the the kind of network that hmm. uh i don't know if she started it yeah she's the co-founder chief creative officer and host of last day uh, which is the name of the podcast um okay Yes. So, yeah, last day. I think it's, um, I don't know exactly what last day is, but it, I think it is about like people's last days and uh, talking about uh, that kind of stuff. Hmm. But it's really, really, I, I mean, uh, that that book is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. About the show, about um, 
about last day is let's talk about what's killing us the stuff that's hard to comprehend and getting worse every day join host stephanie whittles wax as she confronts massive epidemics with humanity wit in a quest for progress hmm. so i recommend checking that out yeah it's very um, it's very poignant because he's a mm-hmm. harris whittles was a victim of the opioid epidemic exactly um and i just watched um dope sick on oh on, um, hulu? on hulu yeah um which uh is about you know it's about that it's about uh, oxycontin and how mm-hmm. it leads people to heroin yeah um and so it was kind of poignant uh yeah. having just watched that yeah. which was okay it was it was um it was a good um a good series you know so many okay i feel like tv's just so damn good right now yeah that almost so many things that come out are amazing mm-hmm. um and it was just good it wasn't amazing like i was it was almost refreshing to see something nice. that wasn't like an absolute home run sure um it was it, it, some of the storytelling and the uh, writing was a little off okay um, just kind of some things that didn't pay off that well but. is anyone of note in it yes uh michael keaton oh okay is in it um oh gosh i'm blanking on her name right now um She's so good. What is her name? Um, mm, she's in. Um, well, what was that movie she was in? <laughs> um, the, the super bad, but two girls instead. Oh, uh, Booksmart. Booksmart. She was um, um, not. Oh, not Caitlin being, Deaver. Caitlin Deaver. Thank yeah. you so much. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, she's terrific in it. The acting was okay. fantastic. Nice. Um, but yeah, some of the writing and some of the character stuff was a little. Um, uh, just not realized all that well. Okay, but interesting. Definitely worth a watch. Yeah, Michael Stolberg yeah. is in it. Nice. Um, Peter yeah. Sarsgaard. Yeah, Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah, nice. that's right. It was it was pretty solid. Awesome. So, but yeah, Fair those. Nice. It was. Uh, it's it's uh, good timing, I guess, to start the book because nice. I had all that context for what mm-hmm. happened with the, how the how the opioid epidemic has just ramped oh, up yeah. over the last twenty plus years, and um, he, you know, unfortunately, Harris Whittles was a victim of that. Yeah, so. yeah. And man, that guy was so so brilliant. He was hilarious. Sounds like it. I've been laughing just as much as I've been heartbroken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His jokes and stuff. His the comedy. the section where she talks about his uh, foam corner from um, from Comedy Bang Bang, <laughs> like I, like when he died, I listened like i i went back uh through comedy bang bang's archives and listened to like every appearance that he had on that show <laughs> um and like he i mean just brilliant brilliant nice. one of my favorite one of my favorite things and we'll get into the actual episode i promise <laughs> um but one of my favorite ones because like harris's foam corner is where he has like these brief um uh train of thought kind of conscious like stream of consciousness kind of jokes that he he kind of has like a dra- like drafts for or whatever. Mm-hmm. So one of his jokes was that oh, I'm gonna mess it up. I'm gonna it's too complicated. But uh, but he said something like I wanted to take part in this uh, um, take part in this oh god this um, I'm trying to think of words to replace it. It's not verbatim, but he said like I wanted to I got a good deal on uh, a condiment deal for uh me and a friend uh sponsored by um an actress from that 70s show it was a great coupon uh, it was a it was a great coupon it was a laura, laura sorry laura prepon great coupon groupon um, <laughs> <laughs> i'm like that is brilliant that's so funny <laughs> Oh shit! So great, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lord Prepon, Gary Prepon, Groupon. 
Um, yeah. That's funny. That makes me think of like Bob Loblaw's Loblog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's funny. And he had another one that was really funny, but I can't remember what it was. But anyway. Nice. Anyway, yeah. Look up Harris's Foam Corner um, on YouTube. There's It's it's hilarious. Nice. Um, yeah. So, anyway, my check-ins. Yeah. Um, what do you got? So, okay. I, I have two check-ins. I started... Like at this point, like a month and a half, two months ago, I started the three-part miniseries uh, Storm of the Century mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I wanted to do Patreon recordings for it. And I got the first one up and then I haven't watched the second episode yet. I'm sorry, but that's at the $2 level on Patreon, patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Um, but I liked the first episode a lot. I mean, Tim Daly uh, is kind of the star and it was it was really interesting because, um, Tiny, this could have been maybe your check-in, but... Um, the the uh there's a lot of similarities between storm of the century and mike flanagan's midnight mass oh okay uh which i have episode reviews on patreon and on obsessive viewer i uh, reviewed Ma- uh, midnight mass with kim c from the year of underrated stephen king yes so check that out um but there's a lot like like for example in 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 mike flanagan has uh confirmed this on twitter um in Storm of the Century and Midnight Mass, the sheriff's office is like in like located in a grocery store because it's such a small town. Okay. And like someone had tweeted at Mike Flanagan saying, like, oh hey, uh, was this an intentional reference to Storm of the Century? And he said, Yeah, absolutely. Nice. <laughs> so I just love that. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. Colm Fior plays this kind of uh demonic stranger that wreaks havoc on on the town. Mm. Um it's really good. Cool. Yeah. So I'll watch more of it. But my other check-in is something that I'm preparing for Patreon. Um, I have been reading The Green Mile. Sweet. Um, yes, in all of its serialized glory. And I want to give a shout out uh, to Kim C and the Year of Underrated Stephen King. She did episodes for each serial section of the book because it was originally released as a serialized novel each month. It, the, for six months, I guess, there was uh, a new section published Mm -hmm. and so she did she did a kind of read-along thing where she read the first section recorded a review of it read the second section recorded a review of it so all of that's on the year of underrated stephen king um and then i decided (laughs) to do the same thing but um behind a paywall um (laughs) so um i am working on this at uh the two uh, two dollar level here soon i'm going to release a big episode of me just talking through each section um as i read it so it's all going to be one episode it's going to be posted on patreon within the next couple of weeks by christmas i promise um it's going to be on patreon at the two dollar level and then at the five dollar level i'm going to hopefully have a green mile commentary track for the movie Mm. so uh look forward to that but i am really liking the green mile it's uh it's amazing nice have you read it i haven't okay you've seen the movie though seen the movie okay nice it's funny because like i haven't seen the movie since we were in high school like in 2000 probably 2002 2003 and so i don't have many memories of it or anything but like reading the book, I'm like, oh, oh, I remember this. I remember this from that movie that I saw like 20 years ago. Yeah. And it's just, that's a testament to Frank Darabont right. adapting King. It's amazing. I haven't seen the movie in over a decade too. Yeah. It's been a long time. Oh yeah. Cool. So nice. Um, so yeah, those are my check-ins. Don't really have any Stephen King news. Guillermo del Toro said on KingCast, I guess, that he wants to adapt Pet Cemetery. Um, uh-huh. so that's something cool. Um, yeah. Are you excited for Guillermo del Toro's new movie? 
Which one is it? I don't remember. Uh, Nightmare Alley with Bradley Cooper. I saw oh. it like last week. Yeah, I've seen the trailers. It does look pretty cool. Um, and I like Guillermo del Toro for sure. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that was his movie. Um, yeah. I feel like I can't keep up with anything anymore. Um, oh, yeah. Just because of all the service. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying right. there's so much out there. It's a great time. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's a good thing. It's just, yeah. man, I can't even keep track of who's doing what and what's, oh. what service it's on. What oh, pref, absolutely. You know? Um, so oh, yeah. it's it's a um, good problem. Yeah. Have. Oh yeah. It's so. <laughs> it's a rare occurrence when when um, a, a TV show isn't that good. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like I was saying. Like yeah. you just said. Yeah. Yep. Um. All right. Cool. Well, uh, those are our news and check ins and stuff. Um. Before we get into our review of the movie Tales from the Dark Side, I did neglect to mention that we are also going to be talking about two episodes of Tales from the Dark Side, the TV series, which ran from 1983 to 1988, I believe. Um, and so I'm going to kind of talk about we're we're going to talk about those because uh, Stephen King wrote two episodes of it, and. Um, so we're going to kind of hone in on those two episodes where I'm going to say we're not going to spoil them. Um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, they are based on... So this is interesting. So the first one, uh, the two episodes are The Word Processor of the Gods and Sorry, Right Number. Um, the Word Processor of the Gods was uh, season one, episode eight of Tales from the Dark Side. It originally aired on November 25th, 1984, and it is based on a short story by Stephen King, which can be found in one of the short story collections um, that I am not sure what it is, but um, the episode stars uh, Bruce Davison, Davidson, Davison, Davison. Yeah. Yes. Um. And I will read the plot summary here uh, shortly. Uh, once I find this, it was so the short story was first published in the January 1983 um, uh, issue of Playboy under the title The Word Processor and collected in King's 1985 collection Skeleton Crew. Okay, so the plot summary for the TV episode is struggling writer Richard Hagstrom receives an upgraded computer from his computer whiz nephew Jonathan right before Jonathan dies in an accident. Thanks to Jonathan, his word processor has the power to grant any wish that Richard desires. So Tiny, first, have you had any history or any experience with Tales from the Dark Side, the TV show? None whatsoever. I I don't know that I had even really heard of it. Oh, yeah. Before this, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's speaking about television um mm-hmm. yeah. this com- comes from a time where <laughs> television was not very well respected right at least not in not by modern standards mm-hmm. uh and it kind of shows yeah when, when you watch it now um extremely low budget and all that um mm-hmm. but no I, I wasn't aware of it at all you know i i was more aware you know obviously i had heard of like uh, tales from the crypt yeah i remember that tv show and the movies and stuff like that but so this was right. this uh, it wasn't on my radar at all i mean it was off the air a year after I was born, so. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and it ran from 1984 to 1988, and oh, okay. I think this is from the Screen Rant article that I'm going to link, but uh, the success of the original Creep show, Creep show briefly led to conversations about adapting it into a TV series, but since George Romero didn't have complete ownership of the property, he created the TV show Tales from the Dark Side instead. Hmm. Like Creep Show, the series was a horror anthology and would end up running for four seasons between 1984 and 1988. And... I feel like we're on dangerous ground here for me because Tales from the Dark Side, the TV show, 
is a horror anthology show. And one of my favorite things that I like to do with this hobby is I have a solo podcast called Anthology, <laughs> where I talk about classic science fiction anthology TV shows like The Twilight Zone, and also contemporary ones like Black Mirror and Solos and stuff. It is now dormant, but I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to hopefully do, uh, I don't want to put this out in the ether, but I'm going to hopefully do two episodes by the end of this year. That's what I'm committing to, and then that will bring me to literally the halfway point of the Twilight Zone original series. Uh And I think I'll celebrate by having a couple other Twilight Zone podcasters on um, and an Outer Limits podcaster on, if he's listening, um, Mm -hmm. to talk about their favorite episode from the first half of the original series and then resume uh, after that. But anyway, that's all to say that I have had very many daydreams of me thinking like i could do a spinoff of the spinoff of that and i could do anthology horror <laughs> oh boy um and like uh, yeah it's ridiculous i'll never do it but yeah um but yeah that's just something that if i were to if i were to be a professional podcaster i would probably do that <laughs> um yeah but anyway the word processor of the gods tiny mm-hmm. you didn't have any experience with the, with the show have you read the short story i haven't no all right, so going in completely blind, how did you feel about Word Processor of the Gods and non-spoilers, and uh, how did you feel about it? I thought it was fun. I, I liked it. I, I, it was um, such a had such a king feel to it because I feel like mm-hmm. um, throughout his whole career, Stephen King has has always, and you've mentioned this, that he keeps up on like pop culture, mm-hmm. and it's it's usually relevant in like almost all of his stories. Yeah. But one thing he also does is he also stays up on technology too, mm-hmm. and um, like he wrote, I want to, I don't remember when, I haven't read it, but he wrote a story uh, called Your. Oh yeah. You are, which is um, it, it was only available as a um. Um, a Kindle single, like a Kindle book, yeah. right? Yeah, like a ebook, an ebook is what I was trying to say. Yeah, um, it was only available as an ebook, like it didn't ever went into print, mm-hmm. and like that was years ago when ebooks were first coming out, and they were still it was still very new technology, and it wasn't um, wasn't all that well established, it wasn't all that normal yet. Yeah, like they'd only been around for a year or two, and he wrote that story, and you know he's he's always been someone who's been up up with technology, yeah. And, and it's been you know he wrote Cell mm-hmm. when cell phones are getting real big, and yeah, um, that book kind of sucks or whatever, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But still, it's 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 part of his career, and it's it's yeah funny to see. <laughs> Obviously, this is very outdated technology, mm-hmm. a word processor, yeah. But you know, for its for the time, it, it incorporated a very modern piece of technology, yeah, uh, into a story, and a lot of people weren't doing that. Oh, absolutely, especially and, uh, in horror. Oh, oh, absolutely. Right. And like, were uh, uh, year was actually it, it was eventually um, collected, and I think the bizarre bad dreams. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it was really funny to see the word processor yeah. and just the idea of a word processor. Cause we are, we're millennials. Yeah. And, uh, like I remember when we had a typewriter, um, I remember my mom like typing her resume, uh, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but yeah, but like a word processor, that's like, like, it's just hilarious because like the first thing that he has to do is like in, uh, install the diskette and it's a massive, like yeah. record, like, like record sized, like floppy disk. Right. And I'm like, whoa, this is, <laughs> this is intense. Yep. And then the, uh, it has the, the printer that's like, that's, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to dot, describe dot it. Dot matrix printer. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah the, yep. <laughs> whatever. Um, 
Yeah, it's just it it was it was kind of funny and kind of it was interesting to see that because I mean this was like eighty what did I say eighty three yeah um eighty four to eighty eight was the show oh yeah eighty four yeah that's yeah. right uh, November twenty fifth nineteen eighty four and it was um yeah it was something it was like it was just really cool to see that kind of that era of technology right. before like computers and mm-hmm. personal computers and stuff yeah um yeah how did so so the whole concept is that he's able to uh kind of kind of type out something that he wants to and it will appear or mm-hmm. he can delete something he doesn't want and it will disappear. Right. Um so I have a couple of questions on that front. <laughs> um how do you feel about the way that it's handled? I feel like it's a very nihilistic kind of kind of like dark kind of way that he does it. Right. Um how did you feel about it? Yeah, it was kind of dark. I was I was curious how far he was going to take it, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like you know, he takes it pretty far. Um, it also has, without spoiling it, it's kind of, it has kind of a happy ending, I guess. I mean, yeah. because, not to spoil it, but, mm-hmm. you know, some bad things happen to some yeah. people, but it turns out good for him. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, is this a happy ending? Is this yeah. a very, um, uh, do you call it like a, uh, I don't know, um, it's it's very selfish what he does. Yeah. And it's um, it benefits him. But uh, I guess it's kind of a happy ending. I, I don't know. I, it's I guess so too, and it's really interesting because he does some things that are arguably very immoral. Right. And, right. I mean, he kind of just gets. I, I, he comes out ahead. Right. Um. Yeah. So it's right. pretty interesting. Right. Um. Yeah, I agree. What? What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh. What? Like, do you fantasize about that kind of thing? <laughs> like, what would you do with a word processor of the cards? Right. Um. Well, it's not really a spoiler, but one thing mm-hmm. he does is he makes like Spanish galleons appear. Yeah. Um, that's, I would totally do that. I'd oh, be like, yeah. put a billion dollars in my bank account. Yep. You know, like totally. That'd be such an easy thing to do. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be, man, that's like a, it's, it's poignant that it was in a horror show because mm-hmm. I think a power like that is scary. Yeah. Because I think even someone who's well intentioned, you know, trying to figure out the logistics of it and mm-hmm. like the logic of it, like you could accidentally make someone disappear and like that's yeah. a terrible thing and um that has consequences and you know it's it's one of those it's one of those careful be careful what you wish for kind of things. Yeah. I think it's it's like it's too it's too powerful of a thing mm-hmm. to exist. Um yeah. but it's a fun well it's a cool thought experiment. You know? Yeah. It's uh it's the monkey's paw kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had kind of just fantasies about while I was watching it today. I was just like thinking like, okay, I would type like, okay, my, my friends and family all have $50,000 in their bank account right now. Uh, Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then just not tell them, um, (laughs) let it be a surprise and then have them call the bank. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and then, and then like, I kept thinking like, and maybe this is just because my apartment is a mess, but I was like. My floor is vacuumed. My <laughs> trash has been taken out. Nice. My fridge is stocked with my favorite beverages and favorite food. <laughs> um, and just like, just the thought of that, like not having any thing. My work for the day is completed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right. So, so yeah. If you keep it innocent like that, yeah, it could be yeah. fun. But, it, you know, it always goes too far. Yeah. yeah. My pizza, my, my pizza, my cat is a set of triplet cats. <laughs> and... <laughs> 
and my cat actually likes me. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, pizza loves me. Yeah. Um, I feed her. Keep telling yourself that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good thought experiment. It's a good kind of fantasy to kind of, uh, imagine how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet the, short story would be fun yeah it yeah. the short story is a lot of fun yeah yeah it it is um yeah do we have anything else to say about word processor or the gods um not much like, okay. I, like I said it's it's very um it's almost jarring to to see how low budget it is <laughs> yeah oh yeah um and it's just you know a quick 22 minutes yeah that's that's another thing i guess with streaming and all that mm-hmm. like even half hour shows are like 30 to 35 minutes and yeah to see something again that's like 21, 22 minutes because of commercials and all that. It's like, right. it's like, man, it's, you almost forget that that stuff existed, I guess. Oh, absolutely. And it's, oh, it's yeah. yeah, I guess I haven't watched a show like that in a while, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, and with it, with ad breaks, like, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It makes me kind of curious to check out the rest of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then Bruce Davison was pretty solid too. Yeah, I thought yeah. he did well. He's kind of a classic character actor. Yeah. Yeah. I I know him most from uh X-Men. X-Men. Yeah, and yeah. he was in something else. He wasn't in Creepshow, was he? I think he was. Uh or I think he was in like the the newer Yeah. show, I want to say. I feel I, like I was looking was. through his IMDb. He's done a lot. Like he's oh, yeah. he's a very prolific actor, so. Mm-hmm. He's still very relevant, like, that he does a lot of stuff. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I know I saw him in something, and I was like, oh, hey, Bruce Davison. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's he's really good. He was really – oh, yeah, he is in um, uh, Creepshow, uh, season one the, of the Shudder series. Mm-hmm. Um, Night of the Paw. That's right. Um, okay. Yeah. He's he's good. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about the other episode that Stephen King wrote? Yes. On Tales from the Dark Side, the TV show? Yes. All right, so this episode is Sorry, Right Number. It's from Season 4. It's Episode 9. It aired on November 22nd, 1987. And uh, the plot summary is, A woman is troubled by a mysterious phone call and tries desperately to help the person on the other end of the line. So, Tiny, much like I uh, said before, um, you haven't seen this episode <laughs> before right. this. Yeah. Um. It's interesting because this this isn't based on a short story by Stephen King, mm. uh, but it is a teleplay written by him for the show, and the actual um, teleplay was collected in Nightmares and Dreamscapes in 1993. Um, yeah, and th- that's just interesting because it's a it's a script. I mean, he also went on to publish the uh, script for Storm of the Century, um, but it was interesting, and I I had read the teleplay in nightmares and dreamscapes either late last year or early this year Mm -hmm. and i was really taken with it it's something that is very reminiscent of the classic twilight zone series um there's an episode called long distance call where uh this kid played by bill mooney um he uh his grandmother dies and uh before she dies he she gives him a gift of a toy phone and after she dies, he talks to her in the toy phone and she tries to get him to kill him, to kill himself so that he will go to heaven with her. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really good episode, but that's something that I've been so conscious of 
is the connection between Stephen King's work and the Twilight Zone and the influence and everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, anyway, how did you feel about Sorry, Right Number? Um, it was okay. I think it was um, a little less. Again, there's kind of some, for the time, modern technology with yeah. the whole, like, like who has, like, a switchboard with, like, multiple yeah. multiple lines in their home. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of funny. I guess if he's, he's kind of a successful, rich yeah. writer, so I guess it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was kind of... Uh, funny because i feel like nice. it was it was emphasizing the show like oh look at this they have multiple lines right. in their home and like that was a big deal back in the 80s yeah um did you ever have two phone lines not until we got internet oh interesting and, okay like, around the early 2000s you know yeah we got one just for internet and one for okay for the house house nice. house line yeah. i just remembered i just <laughs> i think we've talked about this before but i i remember your home phone number <laughs> oh really yeah yeah uh, do your parents still have that? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. You cool. Can call it right now. Nice. All right, three one seven. I'm kidding. Um, no, but I remember nice. it. Yeah, it's e- it's easy to remember. All right. You yeah. guys had your. You and Ray had your own phone line. Well, didn't not you? to brag, but we did. We had our. I own thought phone that line. was cool as shit. Back really? In, back in junior high, I thought that was cool as hell. <laughs> the idea that anyone thought anything that really, I mean, it's cool as hell. Is, like I'm not like wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, thank you. Um, yeah. No, we had these little cordless phones. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember the phone number for that. Me either. Yeah. Two nine seven one eight one six. No, I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, I remember our our home phone number that mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore. It might exist three one seven two nine seven one two one four. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We had we had our own phone line. Yeah, I just remember um, staying the night at your house in like yeah. seventh grade or eighth grade and seeing that, and I was like, that is so cool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. We, now we have cell phones. Now we have cell phones, <laughs> uh, which is another thing that in the opening of this episode that I thought was funny. It's kind of like this this episode's version of the diskette thing from uh, the uh, word processor of the gods. But when she's like, quiet down, kids. I'm talking long distance to your aunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was funny yeah for those kids listening long distance was where you had to pay extra to call people in other uh um area codes <laughs> right yeah oh man yeah oh the days different times yeah yeah um uh but, but yeah but yeah the episode's pretty solid um mm. i thought it was a little predictable i kind of was able to see where, oh, interesting. where it was going you know okay. I, I figured um that's what was gonna happen um but yeah and it's you know it's a very uh very campy 80s campy yeah um which is fine but uh yeah i yeah. mean there's you know it's uh there's not a ton to say about it i guess outside of spoilers anyways yeah there's really not um yeah. i really liked the teleplay like the experience of reading the teleplay was really mm-hmm. cool cuz like i didn't really realize how much of it was uh i don't want to say derived from but clearly inspired by the twilight zone mhm and I think I think I did I I did kind of expect what it what happens at the end but like it was one of those things where I was anticipating it and I was like excited because it was what I wanted it to happen like it was what I wanted from it mm-hmm. um and I thought that it was just a really cool a really cool um a really cool story the way that it played out yeah yeah nice yeah don't really have much else to say about right, it right yeah how would you feel about the performances um pretty hammy i guess yeah um when she's the the wife is like on the phone it's a little a little cringy i guess yeah um at the end there yeah but Mm -hmm. but it was fine i think the uh 
the the little boy was kind of funny, like yeah. wanting to watch the the scary movie. Yeah, that is based on the book his dad wrote. Right, was kind of a it was kind of a nostalgic. I guess I had I had some yeah. nostalgia from it because like I remember as a kid like some movie would be showing on TV and I'd be like oh I want to stay I want to watch that I'll yeah stay and watch that and they're like no you're too young it's yeah. too scary it's. It, it it just it, I got a twinge of nostalgia from it. Nice, yeah. and also the fact of taping it with taping a VCR it. Oh, on classic, VHS classic. for those kids listening. Um, <laughs> uh, mm. Yeah, yeah, just that was yeah. Did you ever tape stuff off the TV? Like, oh yeah. Do you have like fond memories of that? All the time. Okay. All the time. Yeah, I can. I feel pretty confident that I could recite the episode of The Simpsons. Um, oh God, uh, where Marge becomes a cop. Um, I'm pretty Uh, sure I could recite that verbatim as it played. I I can do it off (laughs) off the thing, but, um, uh, yeah, but because we taped it and, uh, and yeah, and we, I watched it so many times. Yeah. My dad was a master at setting up the, the VCR to record shit. Nice. Um, I remember when. The Springfield Connection, season three, episode 23. Sorry. (laughs) Nice. Um, I remember, so my dad worked for AT&T for years. Right. Um, at the time, I want to say it was... So they still have a landline. Oh, they still have it, yeah. Wow. For real, because my dad worked for a phone company for 30-some right. 30, 30 years. Yeah. But at the time, I want to say it was either Indiana Bell or Ameritech. Okay. Had some kind of deal with Disney. Oh. And so my parents... We got the Disney Channel for like super cheap. Nice. For like a year. For those kids, a <laughs> channel was like a nice. streaming service that you paid for, but it was on your TV oh, and you couldn't it. control when stuff came out. <laughs> right. It just aired. Yeah. Um, but so Disney would show Disney movies on there like Beauty and the Beast and, and Cinderella and stuff like that. And nice. instead of going and like buying the puffy case vhs my dad would get like a 10 pack of blank nice blank uh movies uh vhs tapes and just record them off of the disney channel that's and that's how we would have a copy of cinderella or aladdin or whatever yeah and and i didn't give a shit like even with the commercials i was like okay this is great i can watch cinderella whatever the hell i want this is awesome that's awesome so yeah my and like i think uh x files oh nice would air on for a while, it aired on, like, Friday night. Okay. And so, we always had something going on, and so we would miss it. hmm And, you know, you didn't have DVR back then, and so yeah. he, my dad would set it, like, use the same tape every week to record nice. the latest episode, and then we would watch it on, like, Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's... That was fun. Yeah. That's, that's a lost art. Oh, absolutely. Setting up the VCR. Oh, yeah. I yeah. remember when uh 24 was on <laughs> and i remember like um one of my mom's friends from work like knew that i like i wasn't going to be able to watch 24 one week mm-hmm. and like with that show like you miss a week you miss a week right like, you miss a lot of the plot yeah and so i remember it was season three i distinctly remember it was season three and like my mom's work friend like taped the episode for me and uh so i had it on vhs i don't remember the exact episode but uh but yeah that was like 2002 i know that was like 2003 dang yeah yeah wow it was that was coming out of you know that was that was a becoming a lost art at the time oh yeah oh yeah Yeah. oh yeah (laughs) yeah good stuff yeah 
Um, but yeah, but the actual episode of this was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it was fun. Which I torrented and we watched digitally. Um, <laughs> I watched it on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> I watched funny. it on my laptop. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I liked it. I think I liked it better as a teleplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't as cringy as I expected it to be. Okay. Um, so yeah. So, yeah. I think it'd be cool as a short story. I think it'd be more yeah. more compelling as a short story. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So um so yeah, so those are the two episodes that Stephen King wrote of Tales from the Dark Side the TV show. Mm-hmm. And so that's our little preamble before we talk about Tales from the Dark Side the movie. And so we are going to go into that now. I'm going to go ahead and play a clip from the trailer um right here. Stephen King, originator of Pet Cemetery. Arthur Conan Doyle, author of Sherlock Holmes. Michael McDowell, creator of Beetlejuice. George Romero, director of Night of the Living Dead. Now, these four masters of everlasting horror bring to the screen four tales of overwhelming terror. I warned them, but they wouldn't listen. Tales of diabolical fate. You promised you'd never die! Okay, so some things about Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Um, This comes from Wikipedia, from Wikipedia. Laurel Productions initially announced a sequel to the film in October 1990. A screenplay was written by the first film screenwriters, Michael McDowell and George Romero, along with uh, Gan Wilson. Uh, Segments planned included an adaptation of Robert Block's Almost Human, alongside adaptations of Stephen King's short stories Pinfall, which was originally planned for Creepshow 2, and Rainy Season. This sequel, however, never came to fruition. Um, Pinfall, I do not believe, has been a, has been collected anywhere. I think we talked about that in our Creep Show Two episode. Mm. But Rainy Season, man, that I think is in Skeleton Crew. And Tiny, I'm assuming you're not familiar with it. No. Okay, so it has like the tried and true Stephen King setup of. A wayward, a wayward couple um, that are waylaid in a in a in a creepy town on a road trip in Middle America, and this town, in this story, is it it is it's so freaking crazy. Um, basically, it's like right, it's like the night of a ritual that happens like every like I don't remember how long, like every four years or something. Mm-hmm. Um. But I won't give away what happens, but basically it's where things fall from the sky and it is gruesome Mm. and it's, it's, it's really, really cool. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I won't say anything more, but I think it's in Skeleton Crew or it might be in Nightmares and Dreamscapes now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, but it's really cool and it would have been cool to see that on film. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Tiny, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. There are three segments in this movie and a wraparound story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you want to talk um, in non-spoilers and then if we have anything in spoilers, we can talk after? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, um, we'll just go kind of chronologically through it, I guess. Uh, First, how did you feel about the wraparound story? Uh, It was fun. It was, um, it was, I, I liked 
the movie better than the two mm-hmm. the two uh, episodes of the show. Okay, me um, too. I feel like the movie was much more in keeping with the like the fun campiness mm-hmm. and like the um the over the topness. Um, it, it just it it felt more uh, organic. Yeah, and it it wasn't quite in the same vein as the two creep show movies, mm-hmm. but it was still. Uh, it was still in the spirit of it, I guess. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was the right spirit, and it felt. It felt pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's it's ridiculous. It's a woman who is yeah. holding a boy captive. Yeah, to, to cook him. <laughs> to cook him, <laughs> but he stalls her by reading stories to yeah. her. It's ridiculous, but so fun. Oh, absolutely! Like I was sitting oh, there. Yeah. I was sitting there, like watching it. Like what? distracting her by reading her stories out of a book and she's buying it yeah it was just so fun like i was like this is ridiculous um and i think was that joey lawrence i think yeah matthew matthew lawrence okay i can i i don't know the lawrences i recognized Um, him from uh mrs doubtfire he's one of the kids in mrs doubtfire nice Yeah. yeah um yeah i thought it was i thought it was a lot of fun too yeah cool yeah, um, yeah, and it was it was very bright, like um, yeah, like I, I don't know. I did you find yourself missing the kind of comic book sort of aesthetic? Yeah, but I guess that wasn't the premise of it, you know. Sure. And so I, I, I those like I said, the two both creep shows, especially the first one, it was mm-hmm. way more fun. Oh yeah, and and I I like the comic book feel of it better mm-hmm. um but this was more just like anthology stuff um <laughs> um this was more just straightforward anthology it wasn't like based yeah. on comic books and like uh so so i i don't think it needed to be in there right um and like i said it was still a fun campy wraparound it had a, it had a good spirit to it yeah i agree so. um i kind of wonder if it would have worked even better if they had some kind of shtick to it. Yeah. But I guess that that would, that would have been kind of, kind of tricky with, uh, cause I believe at the time tales from the crypt was a thing hmm. and that's based on EC comics. And right. like, they have a very, a very particular kind of a visual thing, which I mean, was the basis for, or the inspiration for creep show. Yeah. Um, the aesthetic and everything, which, by the way, you did have a check-in because you bought the Creepshow graphic novel. I did. I haven't. Yeah. I forgot about that. I thought yeah. I mentioned that last time. Though. I don't think so. Did you? Don't th- I can't remember. Yeah. Um. I haven't read it yet. Okay. But yeah, uh, me yeah, neither. I have, I, it, I have so. it too. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I also have uh, a collection of EC comics. Oh, nice. I haven't bought it yet, but I have it in my uh, Amazon. I've been doing Christmas shopping and stuff. Oh, like that nice. Lately. But uh, but yeah, I, I plan on getting that just to just to satisfy some curiosity nice i had a less than legal download of a bunch of ec comics and like stephen king comics and everything and i had a program that could read it on my laptop and everything and then my laptop crashed and i lost everything ah shit so yeah that sucks yeah but anyway well i think the collection i have there were a few different ones i want to say but i think Mm -hmm. it was kind of expensive i think it was like 40 50 dollars dang which that's not bad i don't mind paying that but um yeah that's about the price of a dust cover for my mixer (laughs) um um, yeah by the way what we laugh i'm probably not gonna edit it out but we laughed because pizza uh 
kicked open the bedroom door and then got scared when it started to bounce back at her. Those doors are scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She is a fierce predator. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyway, so yeah, the wraparound story was a lot of fun. We'll talk a little bit maybe about the ending of it at the end of this episode. But for the most part, I thought it was pretty fun. It It kind of did a decent job of establishing... This weird mix of dark and light, like this very dark material, but also this kind of sunny and bright kind of everyday aesthetic of like this woman cooking dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So, I kind of – I appreciated it for that. Yeah. uh, oh, and I also liked that it kept coming back to it. Like, yeah, right. Uh, kind of, because I, I think Creepshow 2 did the same thing, but to lesser effect. Yeah. But I almost feel like Creepshow, did Creepshow not really do that all that much, or am I mistaken? No, they did. They went, I, I guess, uh, they didn't come back to the wraparound all that much. Right, because that was a, just at the beginning and end. Right. With but, Joe Hill. But they had the comic book theme. That's right. And which was really cool. Okay. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. It, that that was really cool in that movie. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, I I, I appreciate that they kept coming back to it and kind of building tension a little bit to an extent. Yeah. It had a timetable to it. Um so do you want to dive into the sections? Yes. Yes, the segments of the movie. Segments, yeah. Yes. So first up, we have Lot 249. Uh, uh, my, uh, Michael McDowell adapts Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's 1892 short story, Lot number 49, 249. Um, I don't really have a plot summary, but I can try to find one real quick. How did you feel about Lot 249 in Tales from the Dark Side of the Movie? Uh, I liked it. I was surprised. Um I, I, what's notable about it, I guess now, is that there's a lot of star power in it. Yeah. <laughs> and these people were unknown at the time. Um, mm. Steve Buscemi, Christian Slater, Julianne Moore. Um, three three big names now, but obviously at the time, nobody knew who the heck they were. Yeah. Um, it, it was funny that they were all in the same, all in the same segment together. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's it's fun. I, I didn't realize it was a... Uh, Sir uh, Arthur Conan Doyle story, yeah, before, but it definitely has that feel to it. Oh yeah, um, but it's it's you know, it's it's horror. It's interesting. I I guess I didn't know. I guess you know I I didn't I don't really associate Sir Arthur Conan Doyle with horror, um, because yeah. you know, um, Sherlock Holmes is more mystery, I guess. But there's you know. You know, I guess his those story. A lot of those stories involve like murder and yeah, like Hound of the Baskervilles is pretty mm-hmm. damn scary. Oh yeah. Um. So I guess I guess he does. You know, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle employed quite a bit of horror throughout his career. I just yeah. never, for whatever reason, I never associated that with me him. neither. But, oh uh, yeah. But it, it fits. It totally fits. And uh, um, this was a, this was just cool. I, I liked. Uh, yeah. It made me think of the um. The wooden Indian story from, oh, yeah. from the second one because it's kind of something coming to life and it's yeah. a, it's an extension of of uh, fulfilling someone's desires I guess or yeah. or whatever you you, you uh, use a monster to do your dirty work for right. you I guess it made me think of uh, the Goosebumps story uh, the Curse of the Mummy's Tomb <laughs> mm, nice <laughs> yeah um, the it, I, it blows my mind that that was Julianne Moore. Like yeah. it blows my mind. Like I went back and because I saw her name in the credits, and I didn't recognize her. And then I went back and like I figured like, oh wait, maybe that wasn't her, or maybe there was a different character. And but like I just looked and yeah, it was she played Susan, and I was like, I I 
I did not recognize her. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the, I think, museum head director guy uh, was notable um, uh, audiobook reader George Guidel. Oh, okay. Yeah, who does the audiobooks for uh, several of the Dark Tower books. Right. Yeah. Nice. Taking over for Frank Muller. That's cool. Um, yeah. And it's funny because I, I need to go back and watch that segment again because I didn't, I only saw his name in the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had paid closer attention, I probably would have, you know, recognized his voice. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. I did think the, um, some of the character connections were a little goofy or a little mm-hmm. hard to follow because like wasn't if maybe i misunderstood or misheard it was julianne more christian slater's sister yes okay. um so yeah it was it like, was a little confusing it was a little confusing as to like why they hated steve buscemi's character Me too. He, i mean i, I guess it kind of it kind of came to light but yeah partial a partial plot summary is a graduate student edward bellingham played by steve buscemi has been cheated by two classmates susan played by julianne moore and lee played by robert sedgwick uh who framed him for theft to ruin his chances of winning a scholarship for which they were competing um mm-hmm. and then that brings about uh bellingham's revenge plot um yeah and uh i want to say christian slater plays andy uh susan's brother in the in the segment Mm -hmm. and i've got to say like the whole time i was like oh we've got we've got a young christian slater this is before before he developed his cheap jack nicholson impression (laughs) yeah right um like yeah it's yeah (laughs) he's not bad like he's he's a fine actor i guess but just like that always just Kind of like he's he's doing a Jack Nicholson impression in right. everything I've seen him in, yeah. save for Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. <laughs> I've got to say though, I do. I am a, I have a soft spot for him and the movie Heather's. Oh, I never saw Heather. Which is Heather's. A, I think that I don't know if that was his first movie, but it was like the first movie that made him big, and he's oh. he's like straight up like yeah, I was doing a Jack Nicholson impress- oh, impression. Really? And he like he like wrote Jack Nicholson a letter and was like, hey, I was trying to be you in this movie oh that's awesome and jack nicholson never responded apparently nice. i remember that because i i dig that movie i think it's a cool movie nice and, uh, i never he's, saw it. he's cool in it it's it's good i highly recommend it but uh nice but yeah he's totally just doing an impression and, and he's well, open yeah. about it so yeah um, um yeah. yeah so i was a little confused about what the kind of uh, main plot of the episode was but i thought it was a lot of fun it was interesting to see steve buscemi play kind of uh I guess kind of an antagonistic character to an extent or mm-hmm. kind of, I, I don't know. There, there's not a very clear protagonist and antagonist in this movie, yeah, yeah. but to play kind of a, a little bit sniveling, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really interesting. Yeah. I'd love to read the story. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. I've never yeah. read any, uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, yeah, me neither. Yeah. yeah. So. The, I'm trying to think, uh, obsessive viewer presents, uh, <laughs> Uh, my dear Watson. Yeah, my dear Watson. Yes, one of my favorite. My dear Podson. No, my God. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. Okay. All right. Anthology horror podcast. You're gonna have to be put on hold for a while. Um, but uh, that actually reminds me. Just in a brief, brief aside about the Simpsons. Um, there was a, in the episode. Uh, Skinner's sense of snow, uh, where the kids get snowed in at, uh, the school. Um, uh, they, okay. Yeah. So there's a big snowfall and everything. They wake up, they listen to the radio, uh, to listen to the school closings and everything. 
and uh, they a bunch of them get get called and everything, and then they say, uh, "Springfield Elementary, my dear Watson Detective Agency is closed today." <laughs> <laughs> nice, Springfield Elementary, my dear Watson. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, uh, for those kids listening, you had to listen to the radio to find out if your <laughs> if your school was closed due to inclement weather. <laughs> we have to keep doing that. I know. Oh my god. <laughs> It's yeah. funny because we have to explain it, and it's also funny because there's no one listening to us this Gen Z. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I think there's one person listening to it this kidding. Gen Z. I kid, I kid. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, overall, uh, I, I, enjoy, I thought that this was a, a decent opening segment. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the creature effects of it? Uh, it was fine. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I liked the uh, – I liked the um, – sarcophagus i guess Mm -hmm. that was cool Um, yeah it was pretty pretty standard mummy yeah mummy character um yeah there i guess they can wait for spoilers yeah 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 there's another a part of note that was okay uh, but i'll I'll bring it up in spoilers okay yeah i'm wondering if it's the same thing i'm gonna think of okay i'm gonna talk about because it's very similar to something else we've talked about (laughs) okay okay but anyway uh so yeah lot 249 it was a good opening segment did you feel like it was a good opening segment for the for the movie yeah totally okay good uh do you want to go on to the next one yes sir all right so this one i this was like what i was excited for okay um not because of the title because it's (laughs) cat from hell which is uh adapted by george a romero from a 1977 stephen king short story called the cat from hell uh and the cat from hell was um finally collected in uh just after sunset and i read that and i think i've mentioned it in a check-in previously but man i that story is so awesome (laughs) nice it's so cool um (laughs) it's really interesting because what i've been doing is i had been going through the short story collections um in chronal in publication order just uh, just for funds funds just for funsies um and i'm gonna need to i'm gonna be doing that next year for the church of king uh short story collections every <laughs> week on patreon at the two dollar level i hope i can keep up keep that up and everything because i have been neglecting it but i have all of january is ready to go and and everything but anyway nice um but what's interesting is that i had read night shift again recently and night shift is his first short story collection from uh like you know when he first started out um and it's a collection of a ton of like early Stephen King short stories and this is where he is really like it's 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 pretty hardcore the stuff that he's writing mm-hmm. um relative to the rest of his stuff and it's just it's very and I've talked about it before but it's very like graphic and everything mm-hmm. and so it's interesting cuz like going through just after sunset which is a short story collection that collects mostly short stories that were written post like almost immediately post 9-11 and one of which being written like like i think weeks after 9-11 um very great story but anyway um then you get cat from hell which is this like 1977 stephen king writing that's like it's super graphic it's super just crazy and Mm -hmm. insane it's like night shift era uh stephen king so it's, it's really cool to read that in context of uh of that collection but I had high expectations for this, and I I'll I'll save my I'll save my comments until you give yours. So, Tiny, what did you think of Cat from Hell? Um, I thought it was pretty uh pretty intense. I guess mm-hmm. um it was 
very silly. I mean, it's oh yeah, the, the premise is just silly as hell. Um, but not necessarily like laugh out loud silly. I guess yeah. Um, not like the lady, the lady trying to cook a kid and yeah. read her stories. Um, it's it's not as silly as that, but it's just like really we're doing this and then yeah. you get there and like oh, we're doing this and it's kind of working this is how, why is this working this is kind of nuts that this is working um and uh yeah it was just it was just uh um silly but in a in a, in a way that worked i guess um it plays it straight surpri- yeah surprisingly yeah. silly i guess um i'm not sure how to how to quantify it but yeah, yeah. it plays it straight like you said and it uh, and it it ends up working in a traditional storytelling way which is just really really kind of funny it was yeah. surprising i guess yeah absolutely it is <laughs> like it i i because i was expecting it i knew what to expect and everything and mm-hmm. i will say that it it really delivers on it because when i read the story i was like okay i know that this is adapted into tales from the dark side of the movie and i'm like there's no there's no way there's no way they're gonna do this like <laughs> there's there's no way that they can do this. I would love to see this happen, mm-hmm. but there's no way they're going to do that. And spoiler for the story and the segment, if you've read or watched <laughs> one, but they did it. Yeah. And holy crap, I was so filled with joy. <laughs> um, I think it. I think it looked incredible. It was so just gross and awesome. Yeah. Right. Um. I. I really, really loved this segment. Yeah. Um. Of note. Um. <laughs> Did you did you recognize the old man? Oh yeah, totally. William Hickey. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you recognize what did you recognize him from? Uh he was in a lot of stuff in the nineties, but most notably um Christmas Vacation. Oh yeah, Christmas Vacation. Yeah. The blessing. That's right. <laughs> Damn it. I I I didn't even yeah, yeah. I didn't even I didn't even connect him to that because I associate him with the nineties sitcom Wings. Oh okay. um, yeah, he was Carlton Blanchard. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember him from. Rings. I have a question. <laughs> if if you drive on a parkway and you park on a drive, like he'd ask all these incessant yeah. questions and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, he's 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 really good. He was always an old man. Yeah, that's oh, always yeah. what I remember him as. Yeah, yeah an old man. Yeah, yeah. he was in. A, this is really random, but he was also in. I believe he was also in the first Academy Award winning Best Picture. Also titled Wings. Oh wow! Yeah, I think that that information is correct. Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I really liked it. Um, does it make you interested in watching uh, or reading the short story? Totally. Yeah, because again, yes. I bet it would be better as a short story. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about the kind of creature effects or the um, the 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 effects of it? Uh, it again, it actually held up surprisingly well given you know this is 1980s movie technology but i i think that's to be expected with someone like george romero involved you know he's yeah gonna, he's gonna bring it in that in that regards um it also of note it made me i got flashes of um the father's day segment from the first creep show movie oh yeah just because they're kind of reclusive old uh old people rich living in a family with uh, living in a big mansion and they're all kind of miserable and terrible people but mm-hmm. you know, it just kind of made me think of that that segment from creep show one yeah oh i totally get that yeah there was no there was no one dancing awkwardly though <laughs> yeah. um right yeah i don't think wings was the first best picture winner by the way oh, okay um and i don't know if william hickey was in it <laughs> so <laughs> i may be wrong on all all accounts okay 
Um, Thinking of some other old guy. Probably. Was it, did that just say he was in? No, no, he wasn't. No, it was Twisted. Okay, I thought he was in Twister. Um, so yeah. So anyway, um, this was. I, I'll spoil it for the for the end of the episode. But I, this was my favorite segment of the of the epi- of of the movie. Cool. Um, and just I think that I don't know where this lands. We'll talk about this at, after the fact. But I don't know exactly where this lands as a movie in comparison to Creepshow and Creepshow Two. But I do, yeah. William Hickey was not in Wings because that was in 1927. <laughs> oh yeah, he was um, born in 27. Oh yeah. Anyway, um, so, uh, but I think that the the enjoyment I got out of Cat from Hell is enough to really, really kind of sway this movie in uh, into a very favorable mm. uh, position for me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'll I'll leave it at that. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Do you want to go on to the last and final segment? Yes. All right. So, Lover's Vow yeah. uh, was written by Michael McDowell and based on the Yukiono or uh, a spirit or uh, yokai in Japanese folklore, or more specifically, Lafcadia, Lafcadio Hearn's 1904 version in Quaden Stories and Studies of Strange Things. Hmm. So, this is a strange story. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, it is uh, – let me see if I can find – um, a plot summary that isn't spoilery, but Preston is a struggling artist. He lives in a studio with a skylight through which a large stone gargoyle statue on the neighboring building peers down on his work table. Preston's agent calls, asking to meet him at a bar a few blocks away. The agent tells Preston that his artwork is unpopular and not selling. Uh, and then creepy stuff happens. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So this has a pretty interesting creature design in it (laughs) yeah that it's uh again kind of a little bit similar to old wooden head i guess sort of uh yeah too loosely a little bit um but also just the creature effects reminded me again like i mean i'm gonna be uh talking about this uh, i've talked to talk to the show to death but it reminded me a little bit of like the creature effects in men midnight mass and okay yeah uh that kind of that kind of creature design. Yeah. And also a little bit of gremlins. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh how did you feel about Lover's Vow? So of the of the movie and of the two episodes, so of all five segments, this was my favorite actually. Oh nice. Yeah, this was, I thought awesome. this was a really cool story. Like if you if you take out the, you know, if you can really look past the campiness and yeah. um the uh, low budgetness of it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a really cool story. It's a great idea for a story. Yeah, I really liked it. I think, and you know, the I guess in some of the classic adaptations of this Japanese folk tale, I guess a lot of the time it's a ghost as opposed to a creature. Yeah, um, which makes it a little more. Um, it's a little more grounded in that regard, I guess. Um, I think the whole gargoyle creature thing kind of was a more modern take on it and was mm-hmm. a little more, uh, makes it a little more off-putting, maybe a little scarier, I guess. Yeah. Um, but the, I, I think it as a, the, the creature as a ghost would be really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just a really, a really cool idea for a story. 
Me too. Um, I, I, I this is I saw it coming as well. Like I, oh, I thought it was really? very predictable. I, I really I had okay. no idea. Really, I had okay. no idea. I totally saw it coming. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I didn't even consider it. Granted, I wasn't paying as close attention to it as I wanted to. Okay. Uh, because full disclosure, I watched this while I was working from home today. Yeah. But. It was something that, like, I was very surprised with it. it well, it's it's not it's not my favorite of the of the of the segments. It's obviously Cat from Hell, but mm-hmm. it's a very close second, and it's mostly because of that ending. I just I yeah. was so so just surprised and uh, pleased with it. Mm. Um, and yeah, and even the campiness of the creature effects, like the actual like. <laughs> Uh, there's some creature effects at the end of it that I'm just like, oh, this is just uber cheesy, dated. <laughs> yeah. It does not hold up. Right. But the actual transformation, like seeing the creature yeah. like appear, is really, really good for me. A little Cronenberg-y. A little um, bit. Like kind of fly. some body horror, horror stuff. Like yeah. the fly, the Jeff Goldblum, the fly. Yeah. Had what I've seen of it. To it. I'm yeah. scared to watch that movie. It's nuts. Yeah. It's one that Mike... Uh, assigned to me like two or three years ago oh, that's a, you should, that it's a good watched. movie you should watch it yeah yeah um, should. but yeah um also james remar as like a sculptor artist was hard mm-hmm. to buy yeah because <laughs> i just feel like he's such a um a character actor i just associate mm-hmm. him with kind of more of a tough guy or like a g-man type kind of yeah. guy just him as like a sculptor is just kind of tough to buy um yeah I, I, that's and that's my bias, I guess. But sure, I, I don't have an issue also, with it. I'm not saying it didn't work. I'm just, yeah. It was just kind of funny. But also, maybe his performance doesn't really <laughs> right. lend itself to that. Yeah, I like James Remar. He's yeah, he's a good character actor. Yeah, yeah. There was a line in this episode that I had to rewind it, and <laughs> for the kids listening, rewinding. Some, no, um, <laughs> I, uh, I had to rewind it because I was like, what? Um, it's. This I hopefully this isn't too spoilery, but there's a jump ten years ten years later. Yeah, and there's a line where a little girl, like, like the mother is like, we're celebrating our yeah ten year anniversary of the night we met, and she's like, the little girl is like, oh, was that when when uh when you thought daddy was gonna pin you against the wall and rape you? Yeah, like what? What the fuck? What the like what? Yeah, um. That was shocking and not in a good way. Yeah. No. No. Right. Because they actually made like a seven-year-old girl mm-hmm. say that line. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. So, yeah. Uh, not great writing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, yeah. I was just like, I, I had to rewind it. I was like, what? Like, what? Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. That was weird. Very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I really liked this segment. Yeah. Um, like I said, the creature effects were good. Mm-hmm. Um, the plotting was pretty good. Um, yeah, but I just cat from hell all the way for me. Yeah. Um, okay. Did you... Yeah. I'll save that for spoilers. Okay. Okay. We can do a quick spoiler section. Yeah. Okay. Uh, final thoughts on the wraparound story or about the uh, lover's vow? Um, yeah, just, uh, just cool. I think it's a cool idea for a story. I'd love to like read like a, especially like a Japanese interpretation of this. Yeah. It'd be really cool. I think it'd be really fun. I keep saying that as a, you know, it'd be mm-hmm. cool to read it as a short story, but, uh, right. I think this one totally has that, um, that appeal. I'd, I'd love to read it. Yeah. Nice. Me too. I would be interested to dig into kind of the, the original folklore stuff, like Japanese folklore. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to go into a brief spoiler section for this movie. And uh, and yeah, so we'll go into spoilers for, for Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. If you want to skip the spoilers, uh, just check the show notes or that'll probably be the end of the episode. So thank you for listening. Um, and we're going to go into spoilers for Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Tales of Ruthless Evil. That cat has killed three people in this household. I don't believe this. Kill it, bury it, and bring me its tail. Okay, Tiny, so spoilers for Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Yeah. Um, do you want to go uh, uh, Chronolo- segment by segment? Yeah, chronologically, I Okay, guess. Yeah. so Lot 249, how did you feel about the spoilers, uh, the the kind of the the episode yeah. um, <laughs> the so the the one the part i wanted to talk about in spoilers was mm-hmm. um when uh uh christian slater kind of goes full crazy at the mm-hmm. end and he's like it's just funny that the creature was foiled by an electric knife oh yeah like yeah i was just like dude get a machete and <laughs> right. put, put some muscle into it like he literally like, drops to his knees and he's like mm-hmm. like going through his leg i was yeah. like dude this is and i loved it like no, it was yeah. so so dumb oh yeah um but in a, again in a really fun way um yeah. that was just that was just funny like i that that was my favorite part of it that that was so silly and over the top yeah the ending for me um i i agree with you there that was pretty silly but the ending for me um just felt way too much way too similar to um the ending of the ted danson and leslie nielsen segment totally was that creep show one or two i think it was one it was one yeah yeah it totally had it was like damn near a ripoff yo absolutely i wonder if that's in uh arthur conan doyle's story like that's a good question i'm curious about that yeah i don't know interesting yeah. um but yeah but other than that i mean the creature effects were great and yeah. everything i thought i thought it was good right yeah um cat from hell yeah the okay. whole yeah so the whole cat emerging from the guy's <laughs> yes. throat is fucking cool like so cool i was like oh shit they pulled that off and like so like cool it, given the 80s tech or i guess 1990 technology mm. it holds up it holds up pretty oh, well yeah. like i thought it was, like I'd, I'd totally watch that in a yeah. modern movie yeah. like at no point did i think that that was a fake cat Right, and I don't know how they did it. I don't know either. Um, there's a part where it's where it's coming out of the mouth, mm-hmm. and like the way that the mouth is, there is like a rip in the cheek. Yeah, that's like that's like it's like almost severed, and I'm just like like that alone just like freaked me out for some reason. Totally. Um, but it's interesting that that is different from the short story, sort of. Um, and I found that interesting because the, uh, the, I think Butler character, by the way, slight spoilers for the short story. Um, but the Butler character in the movie Gage, last name Gage, mm-hmm. um, he dies in a car accident, I think, with the cat. That in the story is how the hitman gets killed. Oh, okay. Like he gets in a car accident and then the cat goes like, like burrows into his mouth and, and his intestines and all that. Nice. Um, but I really like this alteration because it brings him face to face with with uh william hickey nice. um and kind of has a nice conclusion to that right right um 
Yeah, yeah. I and yeah, I I really I really like that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. And it's kind of kind of poetic that like this guy was so terrified of the cat killing him mm-hmm. that like what actually killed him was like shock. Yeah. Like, oh, he yeah. just kind of has a heart attack or mm-hmm. a stroke or something and that's what actually kills him. Yeah. It's kind absolutely. of some fun irony at the end there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um and then the third segment Lover's Vow. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I was very surprised. Like when when she screams, like you you promised or you made a vow or whatever. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. Okay, that's <laughs> really good. That's right. that's solid. Yeah, yeah. So I was really into that. So you so you pegged it. You uh, yeah, I totally it. saw it coming. Yeah, um, when like as soon as Raydon Raydon Chong came mm-hmm. on the screen, I was like, oh, that's the creature. Oh, interesting. Which I, I'm not very good at that usually. Mm-hmm. I'm not usually good at picking up on things. Yeah. I kind of like to be along for the ride. But for whatever yeah. reason, I was like, yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. And sure nice. enough. Nice. Yeah. Well done. Um, the uh, the effect. <laughs> so, again, the special effects or the visual effects were, you know, yeah. can't be 90s, 80s crap. Yeah. But I especially thought it was just so bad was when it was speaking <laughs> Oh yeah, especially sure. when like at the end when it transforms and it's like getting ready to kill James Remar. And, yeah, and he's like, "I love you so much," and, and it's just like, "I loved you too." I'm yeah. like, God damn, <laughs> the fuck! <laughs> I can't take this seriously right now. When when the kids turn into the to the gremlin like creatures and then they fly mm. up out of the skylight. Yeah, I was just like, I was I was like, okay, you're losing a little bit of goodwill. And, yeah, I mean it's it's. It's a bias from us. Right. But, I mean, it's because it's been almost over 30? 31 years. years. 31, Jesus. Yeah. 31 years. Um, but, yeah, but it's it's something that's just not, like, it, yeah. it just, it, it was a little silly for me. Right. Um, and plus, I was wondering, I don't know if this is intentional or if you picked up on this or even care. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the creature, I guess... Was the creature female or was the creature a male? I, I got I got kind of a like when it spoke, its voice mm-hmm. seemed kind of male to me. Yeah, but I obviously say it was female because okay. I think when the body comes out, like you can see, like uh, uh, breasts. It has girl parts. <laughs> I, th- I think so. I guess I missed that. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to rewind that part. Because um, <laughs> the gargoyle, when it was like frozen, seemed mm-hmm. like a dude. Also, oh yeah, like it had a beard. I guess hmm. maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering or I wasn't paying close enough attention. But yeah, I don't know. Not that there's anything wrong wrong with that, right? But, you right. Know, Ray Don Chong is a woman, mm-hmm. and you know he gets her pregnant and they have kids, right? Right. Um. So yeah, I'm not you know commenting on gender fluidity or anything. Right. That's, that's not. Right. I mean, it just it's kind of something I noticed. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Tales from the Dark Side, the movie is canceled. Um, <laughs> it's woke. Yes. It was woke before its time. Yes. <laughs> so the wraparound story, though, Tiny. Yeah. How did you feel about how that wrapped up? Uh, it was great. Just nice. So, I mean, again, you kind of knew it was going to happen. Like, yeah. It's, uh, he trips her with marbles and that she was... falls and impales herself and he throws her in the oven. God yeah. damn, that's great. Like, just. I, I like that. I, I don't think I liked that it was like he was. I mean, I guess I like the idea of him like telling the story yeah. as he's doing it and everything. But I'm just like, okay, that's. <laughs> I wish that it was a little more clever. I wish it was right. something like. I wish that he had planned that from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, yeah. But it was it was satisfying though. Right. It was a nice happy ending. It was. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool stuff. Yeah. Yes. I think of the three creep shows, I guess. Mm-hmm. This is probably my least favorite. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but nice. I, you know, it's still 
still fun. I'm glad, I'm glad we watched it. Me too. Yeah. I, I think that this is probably... Uh, this is this is above Creepshow 2, but below okay. Creepshow 1. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So it goes Creepshow, Tales from the Dark Side of the Movie, and Creepshow 2. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that that will just about do it. Yes, sir. Yeah. So we are next. I don't know what we're going to do next. Um, yeah. But check out Patreon for my Green Mile stuff coming soon. Uh, $2 level, I have the book reaction. And then at $5 level, I will have a commentary track for the movie. And uh, I've got a bunch of Stephen King stuff up there, too, and other stuff for Obsessive Viewer and Anthology. So check that out, patreon.com slash Obsessive Viewer. And uh, Tiny, what do you want to do next? I don't know. As far as tower gonna, junkies, I don't know. I kind of, yeah. I kind of want to do um, like some obsessive viewer potpourri or something. Oh yes, let's do that. Just because it's been a long time. Yes, I've been watching some stuff. Yes. Do you have time next week to do a potpourri side? I potpourri think so. Episode? I think nice. so. I should. Okay. Yeah, I should. All right. Well, check that out on obsessive viewer, and uh, and yeah, for tower junkies, I don't know. We still we do need to do Dreamcatcher. Oh, yes. we need to have Kim C on for mm. Colorado Kid and oh, yeah. and Joyland. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Okay, yeah. we'll we'll organize that. We'll figure all that out. We'll have we'll we'll be back soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, check out Patreon, like I said, and uh, I'll go ahead and start playing us out. And uh, yeah, so we'll see you guys next time, whenever that is. Check out our other shows, Anthology and uh, Obsessive Viewer. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. Ariana DeBose's performance as Anita that really cuts to the emotional core of the movie. And like I said, I rated it four stars out of five. And I also want to mention that the actor Mike Feist, Feist, he plays Riff in the movie. And holy crap, he is he amazing. Like him and him and um Ariana DeBose are are scene stealers all the way. Like I said, her her performance as uh as um oh god as anita is really really pivotal to the emotional core of the story because there there are elements of the story where the the tragedy comes to play out and she is kind of at the at the center of that in, in a in a pretty pretty big way and it really helps to bring this level of character to the to the struggle between the sharks and the jets and it's really well done it's incredibly well done but i do want to mention that this is just stunningly gorgeous it is one of the most like one of the best looking films of the year that i've seen this podcast was edited and produced by matt hurt and presented by obsessiveviewer.com you can find links to all of our shows at obsessiveviewer.com slash podcasts For exclusive bonus content, including reviews, commentaries, and B-roll episodes, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.